Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Okay, so my wife, Fran, knows absolutely everybody. Um, she, she managed an extremely popular restaurant in the North Shore for about 30 years and then another extremely popular restaurant in the West Bend area for five years. And she just knows absolutely everybody. And, and that, that's great. She's beloved, and certainly by me, but by everybody else as well. So I've come to grips with the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I accomplish on the radio show. Our producer, Tommy, today was saying, hey, this is cool. I just saw this week that the program was named like the number f- top, the number four midday, mid-market radio show in the country. I say, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. It doesn't matter about any of that because the truth is I'm always going to be Mr. Fran. And just, it's it. It's, oh, hi, Jeff. Nice to see you. Where's Fran? We, we can be walking through an airport in Frankfurt, Germany. Fran, Fran, Fran. Nice to see you, Jeff. Fran, Fran, Fran. We can be walking down the street, Duval Street in Key West. Fran, Fran, Fran. Oh, hi, Jeff. So I'm, I'm cool with being Mr. Fran. The thing that sometimes happens, though, is you, you have trouble keeping track of things because she knows so many people. And this morning she comes up and this is, this is our conversation to start the day. And it's kind of a fun way to lead into a very serious topic. She says, she got her car broken into. And I said, who's she? And Fran says, Gail. And I said, who's Gail? She said, you know, Gail, Gail lives across the street from Angie. Well, we, we probably know about 10 Angie's. I said, you got to help me more than that. You know, so-and-so's daughter, Angie. Oh, okay, now I'm kind of narrowing it down. She used to work for me at, you know, one of the restaurants. Oh, okay, now I know exactly who you're talking about. But it's sort of like, all right, I have to go this, through this whole process to figure out who we're talking about. But now I, I know the lady. Um, and But here, here's the story. She apparently was attending a show last night in, wait for it, downtown Milwaukee. Parked her car on the street. And um, it, it, it was not a Kia or a Hyundai. It was a, a it's sort of a higher-end foreign car. Um, and in the car, she comes out after the show. The car is its not stolen, but I'm looking at pictures of it now. It, it's vandalized. Somebody took, I don't know, baseball bat, tire iron, battering ram, whatever, kicks in the passenger side window of the car, and then just gets inside the car and, I mean, is looking for valuables, I would assume, at some point, kind of ransacks the car and, and then leaves it. And apparently the story is there's a number of other cars that were on the street that had the same thing happen to them. Just, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know what they're looking for, money in the glove compartment, you know, guns. I, I don't know what they're looking for, but it, it's, you, you go to see a show, park your car on the street, you come out, car is vandalized. And again, several cars in the block had this happen to them. Now, this is, of course, not the first time, even this week, that we have had this conversation. There was a story the other day we did about what down in Greendale or Greenfield, 20 cars just in the middle of the night, somebody goes in and just vandalizes 20 of these cars. They're, they're not stolen, but again, the cars are you know broken into. So in this particular case, okay, again, the car's not stolen, but you have to have the car transported to you know a dealer or wherever. You have to have the damage that was done to the body of the car fixed. You've got to have the window replaced. I mean, some of this is covered by insurance, but you're going to be without your car for a period of time around the holidays, got to make arrangements for a rental car. And you're, again, your insurance, even though it covers some of it, it's not going to cover all the damages because you're, so you're probably going to be out, you know, a grand, two grand, three grand. I don't know what it ends up being given the damage that people have, have, have caused. 
And it's just, again, one of these senseless sort of things. Now, I have not talked to my wife's friend today, but my guess is, just my guess, but my guess is this is the last time that she's going to drive down to Milwaukee and park her car on the street. And my guess is that there are a lot of people that are in that situation. And I was thinking about this after this all happened because I'm sitting in downtown Milwaukee now. We're in the renovated Grand Avenue. You know, they, they call it the Avenue. It, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful building. You know, we're off of their, their food hall. It's active. It's lively. You've got bars. You've got restaurants. You know, it, it's a fun, exciting place to be. And you want to have people attracted to coming back down into the, these urban areas. But you're never going to be able to do that if you drive your car, you leave it on the street, you go to see a show or whatever, and you come back and your car is either stolen or, or vandalized for the sake of, of vandalized. I mean, you want to come down, you want to see the show, you want to have a meal, you want to go to enjoy some of the nightlife. But until and unless you can control the, the randomness of this crime, you're, people aren't going to do it. Because I'm willing to bet, like I say, my wife's friend, she, that you couldn't get her to come down here and park her car on the street on a bet. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's a WTMJ talk and text line. See, this is this is really what I think the, the wake-up call needs to be. Now, I'm somebody that has spent most of my life in this area. And I, I know there's a lot of stuff happening and things like that. But I will tell you, I have gotten to the point where when it comes to coming down in areas for socialization, if it's just talk, if it's just you got to leave your car unprotected on the street, I'm thinking long and hard before I do it. Now, if you're going to some place that has valet parking or you're going to somewhere where there's a secured parking lot or you're going to some place where, okay, it's a high-rise parking garage, but you know it's patrolled by police and security people, that's a different story. But just driving down to the random place, getting out, leaving your car on the street, going and, hey, there's an empty parking space. I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this or do that or whatever. I I think long and hard about it, and I'm somebody who really does like the city and grew up around here. I've got to imagine that what is going on, the the randomness of this, and the the fact that seemingly this happens on a regular basis, and my guess is if it hasn't happened to you, you probably know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody who's had precisely this happen to them. And until we get a handle on this, you're never going to see the growth in this city you're never going to see it realize its potential. Am I wrong? 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. Are, are you reluctant to come and leave your cars on the streets down here unattended? We discuss in a minute. which is the WTMJ talk and text line. Okay, a friend of my wife's, somebody she used to work with, down here last night attending a show. I don't know which show it was. Comes out, finds, she's got a a car, a nice high-end car. That car and a number of others in the area vandalized, window broken out, uh, damage to the exterior door because they're pounding on the door or whatever, damage to the interior of the car. And and again, the car's not stolen. But it's it's in a situation where now you've got to take it in. You've got to have it fixed. My guess is there's no way this lady comes back down and parks that car in downtown Milwaukee. And I think you're going to see a repeat of that. One of our texters says, well, I can't believe it's $3,000 worth of damage. Well, you see the pictures. It probably is. But that doesn't make it. That's that's a really dumb response. You, if you don't, if I don't care whether it's five hundred dollars worth of damage or two thousand dollars worth of damage. You know, you come out, you find your car vandalized. Chances are you're not going to want to repeat the experience.
Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. Jeff, I have a cousin who grew up around 35th and North in the 60s and the 50s. Uh, He now lives in Sussex. Sorry, nothing worse than having a frog in your throat. Tell you what, let me let uh, Tommy line up the calls back in just a second. Let's take a quick break. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Wally in Oconomowoc. Wally, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, you're right on the money. I'm another graduate of Nicolay, Glendale resident for many, many years, grew up in the area. Uh, you know, we don't park on the streets anymore. We were down at the Rep to see the Christmas Carol last week. We go on indoor parking. Uh, I really don't even want my wife going down there anymore, Jeff. Uh, we got to do something to change the mode of operation here. And there's got to be uh, the police. I know they're limited in what they can do, but there's got to be some consequences to these crimes that these kids are committing right now. Uh, we had a beautiful city. It's still beautiful, but uh, people are staying away from it, and you know why. Well, yeah, th- thanks a lot for the call, Wally. And, and you're, you're exactly right. This is why I come back to I talk about this all the time. It's what we call the broken windows theory of law enforcement, and it's fallen out of favor because of the defund the police crowd, the, the idea that little stuff makes a difference. And you've got to enforce the little stuff to stop the big stuff from from occurring. And, and this this is exactly this. If, and look, if this was just a, a one off thing, oh, somebody drives down there and somebody vandalizes their car. OK, th- that's not going to discourage people. But this is not a one off thing. This is a regular occurrence, whether it's cars that are being stolen on a regular basis or just the random vandalism. And, you know, again, I have this texture saying, well, it, it's probably not $3,000 worth of damage. I, I think you're wrong, but who cares? doesn't matter. Uh, let's say it's $1,000 worth of damage. You come out, you find your car has been busted into, you find your stuff has been rifled through. You're wondering, did anything get taken out of the glove box? Did any, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't make any difference. You are not going to come back. You've got a lot of different choices as to where you can go to eat or shows or whatever. And, and here's the bottom line. You're never going to turn around a city. You're never going to turn around a city and bring people back as long as you don't have the crime problem under control and we just don't have that here jeff my wife and i were helping my brother-in-law renovating a historic cream city brick home on first and vine in the early 80s he had no garage and when we stayed with him our sleep was often disturbed by sirens no way would we even attempt that on now uh jeff we went to the bucks game on tuesday night my husband said, should we drive? I'm like, no freaking way. We live in Bayview, and we took three Ubers that night. Jeff, we wanted to take my daughter and her husband to a Bucks game while they were visiting for Thanksgiving, and I couldn't do it because I'm afraid to park our car in Milwaukee. It's sad. Well, I, I don't know that it's afraid to park your cars in Milwaukee. Like I say, I, mean, I, I come down to Milwaukee all the time, but I'm always – I am very, very conscious. Where are we going to park? You know, what – Am I just going to put this on on a street and hope for the best? Or alternatively, you know, are we – I'm going to find that lot. Am, th- those are the types of things. Am I going to find valet parking, et cetera? Th- those are considerations now. And if you don't think that that affects the decisions that people make when they're making a decision to come and spend money, I mean, the city fathers just need to wake up with this. And, and again, in an isolated situation, oh, somebody got their car vandalized, big deal. Well, it's not an isolated situation. It, it happens on a regular basis. Greg in Pewaukee. Greg, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I am well, thank you, sir. What do you think? Well, 
I, uh, I've practiced law for many years. I graduated in 1976. I'm still practicing. I had an office down in Milwaukee on Water Street, uh, right near the public market, real nice active area during right. the day. And one day, one day last April, I was, I got, I got off of work and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the river walk because it's nice. And, um, I put my briefcase in my car in a parking a lot, a surface lot, right next to my office. I got back at about 6.15. Door was, or window was smashed in. My briefcase was missing. No. I, called the Milwaukee, I called the Milwaukee Police Department right away. Sorry, sir. We're very busy. We'll get to you when we can. I <laughs> waited for an hour and 25 minutes, and five times I saw squad cars drive right past me on Water Street. And finally, I called in disgust, and I said, what's going on? Well, why don't you just come down and make a report? And I'm yeah. thinking, this is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, exactly. we, we had somebody break, in, break into our, uh, you know, uh, constantly steal from our office building. And finally, one day, one of our paralegals saw the guy because we had seen pictures and they had shared pictures. He chased the guy down, tackled him. <clears throat> they held him until the police came. And then we, you know, we made a complaint. And later on, we found out. They weren't going to prosecute. The number of break-ins to offices in the city or in that area dropped by like ninety percent. So we got the guy right. Right, right. But you've got to have. We need beat officers yep. back on the street or something to stop the small crime. In New York, they did it. Mayor Cook did it years ago, and it stopped all this stuff, and it made New York the, a, a model city. I, Greg, I'm thanks. No, no, thanks for calling. I, I couldn't agree with, and I, I appreciate the testimonial. And this, it is a big deal that impacts on quality of life. And look, and I understand, I, you got, we're, we're going to hit, we're, we're going to be over, before the end of this year, we're going to be at this unthinkable number of well over 210 homicides in the city of Milwaukee. I, I get that. But but this, it goes beyond that. You are never going to have a sustainable, sustainable city as long as people who live here or are considering traveling here as long as they are in a situation where they're, you, you can't put your car on the street because it's going to be stolen or it's going to be vandalized. And I, I appreciate it. The police are overwhelmed. I, I get it. They're, they're down, what, a couple hundred cops. And then, to your point, Greg, even when you catch the guy, the district attorney's office is more than likely to just turn them loose. And even if the district attorney prosecutes them, chances are some judge is going to turn them loose. It's just it is absolute chaos where we get to a point where the only time people are held accountable is if they end up killing somebody or something like that. But it affects livability. And I understand that there are some elected officials who don't like to hear this conversation on radio programs like this, but this is just the reality. You need to wake up if you want to have a thriving business community, if you want people to be able to enjoy and invest in downtown areas, you've got to make sure that they're, they're going to be safe, that they're not going to be robbed, that their cars aren't going to be vandalized. This is, I mean, I told the story a few months ago. Another friend of mine she she went to dinner on Brady Street. You know, comes out, and this is a, a lady who's in her 60s, and th- this is her only car. She comes out, the car is stolen. It, it's, it's just gone, and they find it like eight hours later, just completely totaled. And, and yeah, there was some insurance, but it, the, the idea, you're, you're victimized. The car is essentially totaled. So, you know, for the next 30 days, you're scrambling around in a rental car, hoping to get a replacement, all because you made the stupid decision that you were going to dine in downtown Milwaukee. Well, 
know, give me a break. You've got to improve things or else this is going to be a ghost town. Turn it into escape from New York or make it safe. One of the two. You're, you're looking at me. We don't have any spots till the bottom of the hour news. Okay. All right. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Um, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, let's see, Jeff. I am a frequent downtown Milwaukee visitor, season tickets to MU basketball, and a Milwaukee rep for decades. Always park on city streets. I've never had a problem. I feel very safe. The fact that there are so many people downtown is in itself a deterrent. Car break-ins happen everywhere. A few incidents do not make this downtown crime-ridden. Well, okay, that's an attitude to have. I think that's sticking your head in the sand and trying to pretend that there's not a problem. Jeff, while there are many people responsible for this mess, the District Attorney John Chisholm is the main culprit. Well, that's a problem because, again, they, they don't, you will never waive juvenile car thieves into prison, into adult court. Um, minor vandalism, car theft and stuff is treated, essentially it's treated as a get-out-of-jail card free. Uh, and that's just the reality of that. Uh, Jeff, if they could find the resources, maybe a large undercover operation by the police department, maybe that would slow crime. Yeah, I think that there's, you know, an element of that that's out there. Jeff, I used to go to Chicago for their Christmas market. I won't do that anymore. Right, this problem is not unique to Milwaukee, but if you want to pretend that it's not a factor, that, oh, this is isolated, it's not happening a lot. Well, talk to all the people who have their cars um, broken into on a regular basis. Jeff, I will not go to the city, born and raised there, until people in mass avoid Milwaukee in general. No one will do a thing. It's the visitors' dollars that speak the loudest. I hope it does not come to that point. That's my point. All right, WTMJ Breaking News Time, 12.30 p.m., I'm Jeff Wagner. Coming up next, Cry Me a River. I'll explain. We'll discuss. There is a heavy breathing story in the local newspaper. Here's the headline. Extended supervision includes rules for inmates to transition into society. Often the rules just land them back in prison. See, here's how it works. When, when you are convicted of a crime, You are sentenced to a term in prison. We have truth in sentencing. As part of that sentence, when you are eligible to be released, you are also put on, it's it's really not parole, it's extended supervision. And it's part of your sentence. So you, you get out, you get back into the community, but you are on a number of restrictions. And the idea is, hey, we're going to help you transition back into society, but if you violate the terms and conditions of your release, boom, you're, you're going back to you're going back to prison, right? So there's this story, and again, it's it's based on. I actually, so you don't have to do it. I pulled the the ultimate report, and it's by it's one of these Columbia University Justice Lab has this report talking about how well the numbers are. Last year, about 2,800 people were sent back to prison for violating one of the conditions of supervised release. And about 2,400 people were admitted on a new sentence. So the argument is, hey, we're we're taking all these felons and we're sending them back, but they're not getting trials. This this is kind of terrible. Isn't this this awful that we're putting people back in prison for violating these rules? Well, okay. Now, one of the things that's not found in the study is what the majority of the people did 
to violate the rules to get them sent back. Because I'll tell you what happens a lot of times in these cases. You've got somebody who's a felon. They're released on extended super on their extended supervision. And what happens is they get caught with a gun. So they, they get sent back to serve the rest of their term. And a lot of times the district attorneys say, okay, well, we're not going to prosecute this separately because the person's going to go back and they're going to spend, you know, time in, in jail um, because they violated the terms of their release. Now, it's a whole different process that when you get caught doing something wrong on extended supervision, you, you don't get a trial. You don't get a jury. It's just a whole different administrative sort of procedure. But nevertheless, you violated the rules. So what are the rules that you have to follow if you have been convicted of a crime and you have been released on extended supervision? Well, one rule. Rule number one, avoid all contact, which is in violation of federal or state statutes, municipal or county ordinances, tribal law, or which is not in the best interest of public welfare or your rehabilitation. So in other words, you commit another crime, you get caught with a gun, you get caught with heroin, you get caught with a quantity of narcotics, you're in violation of your extended supervision and you're going back to prison. Report all arrests or police contact to your agent within 72 hours. Okay. Uh, I guess that doesn't strike me as unreasonable. You're on extended supervision. You get arrested for something. Yeah, you're supposed to notify your supervisor. Make every effort to accept the opportunities and cooperate with counseling offered during supervision to addressing identified case plans. All right. So, all right, you you got to cooperate. Your parole officer, your your supervision officer, they're, they're trying to get you back, and you have to cooperate with them. Huh. Inform your agent of your whereabouts and activities as he or she directs. Huh. Gee, I, I need to know where you're going to be. Submit a written report monthly as directed by the staff. Okay. Make yourself available for searches, including but not limited to your residence. All right property. Okay. Here, your parole officer, you know, gets a report, wants to check in, see how you're doing, wants to be able to go in and wants to see your place and see if you've got guns or drugs or whatever. Huh. Um, make yourself available for tests and provide, you know, uh, provide blood, whatever, um, if you're going to be tested. Huh. Obtain approval from your agent prior to changing your residence. Um, okay. You know, they need to know where you are. If you're going to move, you have to give them notice. Obtain approval and a travel permit from your agent prior to leaving the state of Wisconsin. Oh, I don't know. You're under supervision. You, you just you leave the state. I don't think it's unreasonable to say you can't leave the state without permission. You know, it, it goes on and on, but you get the idea. Pay court-ordered obligations and monthly supervision fees. Obtain permission from your agent prior to possessing or purchasing or carrying a weapon. Well, in many cases, if you're out on extended supervision, you're not allowed to have a weapon in the first place. Um, Provide true and accurate and complete information in response to inquiries by the Department of Correction staff. Report for scheduled and unscheduled appointment. Comply with court-ordered conditions and additional rules. So those are essentially the majority of these 18 rules that you have, that you're on extended supervision. They're letting you back out, but you have to comply with things. And apparently you've got about last year close to 3,000 people who got sent back to prison for failure to comply. Now, like I say, my guess is the vast majority of the people that went back were for either multiple rule violations over a period of time or most likely for new crimes. Because, see, that's that's what would happen a lot of times. You're 
You're, you're out on extended supervision. You get caught driving 95 miles an hour in that stolen car. And then what happens is your probation agent, your, your, your agent just puts a, a hold on you and, and you get sent back because you're driving the stolen car and you've got the gun or, or whatever. You violated the terms of your extended supervision. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. Uh, you read the local newspaper, and they seem to think that this is the worst thing in the world. Oh, this is terrible that all these people are getting sent back to prison for violating the terms of their release as opposed to being convicted of a separate crime. Well, in many cases, like I say, they probably committed a separate crime, but their, their probation, their supervised release is revoked in the first place. I don't know about you, but I'm having trouble getting outraged about this. If you've got somebody that's on extended supervision and they they get caught driving the stolen car or leading the cops on the high-speed chase, they get caught with the the firearm, just a couple just common examples of that, I'm not going to lose any sleep if they get sent back to prison. They shouldn't be doing that. If you're going to be on extended uh, supervised release, Seems to me it's your obligation to make sure that you are going to do everything that your agent tells you that you need to do. And it is interesting, like in this whole report, I I don't see any of these ideas of people who were sent back for minor sort of violations. Oh, you showed up 15 minutes late at your parole officers. That's not going to get you sent back. In the vast majority of cases, it's going to be people who did kind of bad stuff or pretty much just refused to comply and cooperate, and they got sent back. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. Sorry, I'm not outraged about this. How about you? 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talk and text line. Let's start with Darren in Milwaukee. Darren, you're first. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Jeff. What do you think? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. I was saying, oh, like I was telling the guy on the screen, that uh, sometimes it's just minor violations that get people locked up again, and that's like ju- substance abuse and failing uh, drug tests and alcohol as well. Yeah. yeah so what you're so saying is... To it- go back to have to, to go back and do one or two years because of a substance problem, I kind of feel it's kind of harsh. Well, I, I don't think there's too many people that... Let, let's, let's take your example. It, right, you, you get drug tested, and let's say you test positive for cocaine, just for the, for the sake of argument. I... I, I at least my understanding is you're not going to get revoked for the first time that you you test positive for cocaine. But if you have a, a series of those, like a couple positive drug tests, you you know you don't think that people should be held accountable. You don't think that there should be consequences for that. No, they should, and I I totally agree. Because you know what, I was one of those guys yeah. twice failed drug tests, and I had to do my time. Yeah, but I still think. More sobriety. Some people I've seen people get one shot and they're done, one and done. Yeah, I guess drug drug possession. Drug possession. That's different. That's a whole new charge. But the violation of drug tests. Yeah, I just think it's a little harsh. Well, it would be. Thanks for calling. It would be interesting, Darren, because like I say, the one thing that's missing from this study that Columbia did is a breakdown on on what it was that people did that got them sent back. I mean, almost like I said, almost three thousand people now. If it turns out that the vast majority of those are for techn- what I'm going to call technical violations of, of the rules. You were 15 minutes late showing up at, at the parole office at the, I'm saying parole office, it's actually a different term, but you know, 15 minutes late, you know, showing up. 
or, you know, I, I couldn't find you for a day, or you, you didn't notify me in a, you know, within 72 hours that you had moved from this address to that, but you called me a day or two later. Oh, okay, I would be more sympathetic to that. My sense is, and I think it's one thing that's interesting to know that it's missing from these reports, is, is you don't get a breakdown on, on what it is that gets you that gets you revoked, and that's that's not the technical term. It would be much more meaningful because, like I say, I mean, look, if, if, the, if the idea is we're revoking people and sending them back to prison for minor, minor technical violations or first-time things that they've done that, then, then I think I'm a little bit more sympathetic to this. Let's talk to Stephanie in Mequon. Stephanie, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, I am a first-time caller, actually, to your show, but um, I felt that I should be calling in to just help you maybe explain what extended supervision is and why we have it. I am a retired, um, formerly an assistant district attorney in Milwaukee County for 25 years, and I recently retired after two um, and two plus terms on the circuit court bench. Um, Extended supervision was put into place to replace parole. Mm -hmm. We, in about 2000, the state of Wisconsin adopted a sentencing scheme for criminal uh, penalties. Yeah, truth and sentencing is what they call it, yeah. Correct. Lengthy, lengthy study by all sorts of um, legal professionals and the legislature. Um, and they adopted truth and sentencing. This was put into place because we would see a sentence previously of, you know, 20 years that would be handed down by a judge. And then the person was eligible for parole after a very minimal uh, portion of that sentence. And many, many times people were released um, right away. Right. And then they were on parole with very few. Um, once you were on parole, you were either revoked or, or not, and that was it. Extended supervision was put into place to give the um, criminal, uh, the person who's convicted of the crime, um, some certainty as to the consequences of their behavior once they were released. They had their initial confinement period, they do, and then they're released to extended supervision. And importantly, we should remember that the sentencing judge sets the terms of extended supervision. There are lots of administrative rules that the Department of Correction um, imposes, but the judge sets the rules for extended supervision. And I myself have tailored, in every case, individual rules particular to each person and what their needs are and what the needs are of the community to be kept safe from this person once they're released from prison. So, also, these are people that are only coming out of prison. Extended supervision is not for misdemeanors. Right. This is, these are all felons who are coming out of prison. And um, they are given the rules of sentencing by the judge, and they're given the rules again by the Department of Correction. Um, what I take issue with with the article is that it makes no mention of the administrative process that's involved mm -hmm. to revoke someone. The agent puts in a violation report and may take the person into custody. The agent many times will offer, to your last caller's point, an alternative to revocation, a drug treatment program, a counseling scheme, um, some kind of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, those are often offered 
two individuals to participate in to address their behavior on extended supervision prior to going to the step of revocation. Yeah, Stephanie, let me ask you, my my sense is that for for people that get revoked, that they get sent back, in in general, would I be fair to say it's not for technical minor things. Normally, it's some, it's either something significant, like committing another crime or or f- possession of a gun or, or whatever, or a series of rules when they've been put on different programs and, and they've failed repeatedly. It, it, that's kind of my sense is what happens in the real world. That is correct. And um, minor violations can accumulate to the point sure. where an individual is not cooperating with extended supervision at all in the manner in which the court ordered. And at that point, you kind of reached the end of the line. Um, What the article also didn't mention at all, Jeff, was that there is a whole administrative process that goes on. If someone is told by their agent they're going to be revoked for these violations, they do have a right to a hearing. They they, um, Hmm. have a right to a hearing before um, an administrative law judge if their probation's revoked and if their ES is revoked, there are also administrative processes that they can follow um, to the point where they can appeal to um, a judge to say the Department of Correction abused their authority by um, yeah. imposing this revocation. So the article was rather misleading, I felt, in that it implied that the department is revoking people for right. minor violations on a whim. Yeah. Um, when these are things that could be addressed. And yeah. that's what I wanted to comment no, on. And I, I think that's very, and I appreciate your perspective as somebody who worked in the system, because that, that has always been my sense as well. Uh, my guess is, and I think it's interesting, because I went back and I looked at the Columbia study itself, and they never broke down. They said, okay, well, almost 3,000 people got violated last year, you got sent back for violations, but they never really broke down what, what that was. You know, and, and again, my right. guess is the vast, the overwhelming majority are either going to be for new crimes that were committed or, like you were saying, a, a continual violation. You, know, you, you don't show up. Your, pro, your, your officer says, I got to see you Tuesday at three o'clock, and, and you don't show up week after week after week. At some point in time, there's, they, they don't have any other alternative if you're not going to cooperate. Right. Well, then you're missing and you could be yeah. listed as somebody who's absconded. Um, now, in, in, because I've been a judge for a long time, you do have to weigh both sides. All of this scheme um, assumes an adequately funded Department of Correction. Yeah. It assumes that there are adequately funded options and alternatives to revocations. I had, I presided over, of my 13 years on the bench, I was the felony presiding judge in Milwaukee County for five of them. I presided over a homicide sexual assault calendar only for about six years of that. And um, there are many, many times that I was faced with a situation where I had someone who wanted to participate in an alternative to revocation, someone who wanted to go to counseling, wanted to go to drug treatment, wanted to go to therapy, and the waiting list is literally, you know, years. Um, So we can't talk about penalties and incarceration without talking about adequately funding the the backside. When people re-enter our community, um, they do need support. And let's face it, as you've pointed out on your program, we are not locking people up for stealing a car for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's just not 
the and, goal. And, right, it's and it shouldn't be that case. The goal. Uh, Stephanie, it thanks for the... Pr- it it no. is rehabilitation. No, thanks so, for the perspective. If we want to truly rehabilitate, that's what we should do. Yeah. Judge, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Got to let you go, so I'm kind of up against the clock. But I do appreciate the perspective, and I guess that, that's sort of the point that I was, was, was making. If, if I would be much more sympathetic to this issue if the numbers said that you have a lot of people who are being sent back to prison after being released for committing serious offenses, if they're being sent back on, on trivial, minor sort of things. I don't think the evidence supports that. I think that, generally speaking, just like I say, you've got to work to get yourself thrown into prison. I think generally you've got to get work to get yourself sent back and have your extended supervision violated. And candidly, like I say, if there's somebody on extended supervision that gets caught with a gun or gets caught with two pounds of heroin or whatever or gets caught in a stolen car engaging in reckless driving or doesn't report to their parole officer or leaves the state or whatever, I, I'm not going to be sympathetic. You know what the rules are. A lot of great stuff coming up in the 1 o'clock hour of the program. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Hey, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 I have a... I, I was kind of motivated after my conversation with our, our about the, this whole idea of, gee, we're, we're sending too many criminals back to prison because they make technical violations of the rules. And, and we were talking to retired Judge Stephanie Rothstein just a couple minutes ago. And I, the, the piece in the Journal Sentinel gives the impression that, gee, all these people who've been released on extended supervision, which is a euphemism for parole, it, it's, it, but it essentially functions the same way, are, are being unjustly sent back. And the, the numbers in the study, and I reviewed the underlying study, it, it just it doesn't, it doesn't support that. Um, first of all, I, I think as Judge Rothstein made the point, it, it, the, the article doesn't mention the due process rights that people have. It's not just automatically, gee, you don't show up, for fi- you're 15 minutes late for an appointment and you're going back to prison. And secondly, it makes no reference, nor does the study, of, of, of the 2,900 plus people, felons who were released on extended supervision who got sent back to prison, what was it that the majority of them did? And I'm willing to bet that the majority of them, it was not a technical minor violation of the rules. It was, you got a gun. You've, if, if you're testing positive for drugs, it's probably a multiple positive drug test. You've absconded, things like that. And um, But before you get outraged about this, I, I think there's a lot more information that people need. All right. Some decisions are hard. Some decisions are not. And this is one where, in my opinion, the decision is really easy. Bulldoze. Is bulldoze one word or two words? I think bulldoze is one word. Right. My producer, Tommy, today agrees. Bulldoze is one word. The Mitchell Park Domes. Can I see a show of hands? First of all, who has been to the Mitchell Park Domes? All right. Hands going up all over the area. Okay. Keep the hands up for a minute. Who has been to the Mitchell Park Domes in the last five years? Hmm. That sound you hear is just arms going down right and left. Not all arms. There's there's one over in the corner there. Okay, you were back there. I got it. And Oh, that, that lady really far in the back. Yeah, you were there. Look, here's the deal. The Mitchell Park Domes, uh, they were built in, the first one was built in 1964. And it's, it's a wonderful horticulture exhibit. You've got the three domes. You've got like 1,800 plants. And it's, it's a perfect spot for the occasional grade school field trip. 
you know, maybe this event, maybe that event. But the truth of the matter is, as far as a major tourist attraction, it just it doesn't work anymore. It's just it's it's time has come and gone. Now, that would not necessarily be a problem, except that, again, being built in 1964 with 1964 construction materials, the thing is starting to fall apart. And you had the stories a couple of years ago where big chunks of concrete were falling down. Well, you, you can't have a horticultural dome and people not be able to walk into it because chunks of concrete might fall off. The estimates to repair slash replace the domes are about $65 million. And, and, and maybe, maybe you could do it for 55. More likely it's going to be 75 or 80. But you're talking about an incredible expense of money. And needless to say, Milwaukee County is for all intents and purposes broke. Milwaukee County has they're they're already saying that unless there's some new influx of money by 2027, they're not sure where they're going to have the money to support the park system to to begin with. That's the park system. As I've said before, the, the safety building in downtown Milwaukee, it's the, the minute OSHA walks through there, I think it's a better-than-even chance and bet that they're going to close down the, the safety building. It, it's a huge hazard. You have all the, these other needs that are there. And if you were to say to me, Jeff, well, we, I like the domes, and this was nice, and I remember I went there as a kid, and it's a nice option for people to have, I, I'd say, fine, except you've got to put in 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars to make them something that's going to be viable for the next 50 years. And the question is, where is that money going to come from? On top of that, even if you had the $60 million to spend for that, that means that there'd be all sorts of other things that you would not be spending the money on, okay? And then, even if you retrofit the things, you're in a situation where you you have to to support them. I mean, all right, they're not self-supporting. They're never going to generate enough money to pay for themselves. So what do you do? Do you say, okay, we're not going to put money into the zoo because we, we want to support the domes? Now, here's the bottom line. They, they were great in their time, but it's time for them to go. 855-616-1620. What do you think? 855-616-1620, which is the WPMJ Talk and text line. Look, I, I, I'm going to read a couple of these texts in a minute. I understand that there's some people who love the domes. But that's okay, but there's not a lot of you. That That's just the reality. In addition, not everything that's old is historic. Things have lifespans. And the, the domes were built in 19... The first one, I think, was built in 1964. And they're, they're built with 1964 building styles and structures. And so, you know, that makes them you know, going on 60 years old. They, they, they need major renovation. And the question is, do you take the money that we, we don't have? Because, again, Milwaukee County is broke. Do you take that money that you find from somewhere? Do you pull it out? Okay, so we're not going to support the zoo anymore. We're not going to support the swimming pools. We're not going to fund the, the parks. Where where do you make your priorities? And I understand there's some people who just love it. Well, I love going to the domes, and, you know, we got married at the domes 20 years ago. Oh, okay, I, I get it. I, I understand that, and I understand that some people love to go there. But like I say, not enough, and we just don't have 
We have to make decisions at some point in time. And I think, and this is what the county board is coming to, they, they've just passed a new resolution where they're, they're doing this another study, and it's like everything is on the table. But unless somebody's got an idea with where you're going to get $65 million and how you're going to justify spending it on rebuilding the domes versus a lot of other things, it seems to me it's a, it's a complete and total non-starter. Joel in Fredonia. Joel, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, well, you just said something about a, a new revenue source. You know, how are you going to do this without bringing in a new revenue source? You know, if you look around the county, and I've been I've been the length and breadth of Milwaukee for decades, right? There's huge swaths of land down there. I'm talking probably some places over a hundred acres that that they're doing nothing with. You know, this is an an entity that owns tractors. You know, you could be training people. You know, bringing these kids into the domes, getting them into horticulture and and uh, um, different, you know, different kinds of, you know, urban farming kind of careers, right? And then, you know, pursuing this. Can you, can you imagine you got all kinds of problems with the drivers down there? Teach these kids to drive a tractor. You know, I mean, God, get something done. It's, it's put them to work. That There's your answer. You know, there's your answer to a lot of them problems. I mean, you know what a bushel of soybeans goes for these days? But, it's a lot. Yeah, okay, but, o- but, but I'm, I guess I'm not following you, Jerry. How, do, how does that... Joel, how, how does that relate to how does that relate to the the, the domes? I mean, what what the, the, okay, the domes so, are the, yeah, the, dome, the domes are tourist attractions. I mean, how, how do you right? What what do we do? What do we do with the domes? Start, start out with the kids in school, and that's a that's been a common thing. Get them in there, you know. I mean, get them in there, send them there, let them spend a day there. It's a beautiful place, and and get them into um, you know train them up in the in the agricultural pursuits. You know, there's. Uh, there's all kinds of, of uh, opportunity for work. I mean, farmers, big farms, you know, north of Milwaukee need workers. They yep. need help. You know, the city itself needs needs uh, needs revenue. You just made that point several times. You got a whole bunch of land laying there doing nothing. Well, I, I think, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still not following this. I, I tried to give us another chance. I the if if your idea is we want to get more people into urban farming or we want to and you know, encourage people to, to get into agriculture, I, I'm I'm completely and totally down with that but that's not what the domes are i mean i, I don't i don't think th- i mean i've been to the domes on multiple occasions and i've walked through and i said oh this is really nice especially you kind of go in the winter and it's warm and that's kind of stuff it's never occurred to me that oh i'm, I'm going to i want to now start a career in farming i want to move to watoma and buy a farm and raise soybeans or something it's, it's i think look here's the bottom line show me how you're going to pay for this it's, that to me has always been when it comes to government, what the inquiries need to be. It's the same It's the same decision that you make on a daily basis with your family budget. What do you do? You sit there and say, okay, what What are our, what are our needs? All right, this is, these. The, what are our needs and what are our, our likes? These, these are the things, hey, for next year, this is what I'd like. I, I'd like to redo the garage. I'd like to build an extension on the house. I'd like to replace the furnace. I'd like to you know, go, go through the list. I, I'd like to take a trip to Aruba. You, you go through the different things. Okay, so that's the list of, of wants and needs. And then on the other hand, you've got, okay, this is how much money I, I've got to, to pay for that. That's the kind of decision that we all make. And you might say, hey, this is, this is really, really cool. You know, I, I'd really, I want to restore that, 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 that outbuilding that we have at the place. But, you know, the truth is, I've only got X amount of dollars, and the furnace is getting ready to die, and I, I just I need to spend the money on the furnace. That should be what government does on a regular basis. And if Milwaukee County was flush with dough, if we were rolling in the dough, 
uh, okay, you know, maybe the domes would be a, a fun sort of thing that, that would be there. Because, look, and I understand there's people that go there, there there's people that love them, but, and, and part of it might not be the fault of the domes itself because you, you, you've had years and years and years of benign neglect. I mean, you let the building deteriorate. Maybe we wouldn't be looking at needing 65 or more million dollars to, you know, renovate them, update them, whatever, if, you know, we'd spent $10 million 15 years ago. That, that's, a, that's a different argument. I'm just saying this is where we are in 2023. Jeff, we have to keep them. I'm 65 years old. I went there once about 58 years ago. My mom said I had a good time. I don't remember. I'm only kidding. Of course, bulldoze them. Um, let's see. 855-616-1620. Let's say, Jeff, I would rather spend the money on the museum. Well, you, you've got the museum as um, there. Jeff, your caller was saying use the domes as a workshop venue to train agriculture workers. Not that I agree. Well, I mean, Again, I'm, I'm all in favor of of training agricultural workers, but that's not what the dome's priority is. Jeff, when the domes are taken down, the city should talk to Hollywood to get some money for the destruction in a scene in an action movie like Michigan uh, Mission Impossible. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Jeff, the domes are a bygone. Not only do you have the cost to rebuild, but also the ongoing maintenance. Tough times for every city. Priorities have been off for many years. Right. It's not just right. It's the ongoing cost for maintenance, but it's also the ongoing cost to operate things. Now, look, I I've never believed that. I I don't think that the parks, for example, have to be profit generators because there is. I mean, it's like it's like the taxpayers. We 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 fund the roads. Right. So it doesn't mean that the that, that's the service. Our tax dollars go to pay for the roads. It doesn't mean that the roads need to make money. But but at some point in time, you do have to have a balancing that's there. And you say, okay, well, all right, we, we redo the, the, the domes, but what's the realistic number of people that are going to be coming, and, and how much money are we going to have? 855-616-1620, that's the WTMJ talk and text line. Let's see. Let's talk to... Um, Okay, Ryan. Ryan, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Okay, tell you what. Let me take a quick break. We'll be back with more in just a minute. Bring on the calls. We'll continue the conversation about the domes. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's start with Randy in West Dallas. Randy, good afternoon. Randy. Hello. Hi, Randy. Good afternoon. What do you think? Hi, Je- Hi Jeff. Merry Christmas. How Thank are you, you, sir. I am well. What do you think? Bulldoze the thing. Um, Sixty-five million well, bucks. When it comes to the domes, I think they're 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 great, and once they're gone, they're gone forever. So I would try to find a way to keep them any way possible. One thing that uh, for a revenue source that I think would be great is, you know, I'm tired of like kingmakers when it comes to politics, and if Eline would put up some of his money. And and do it, or the the Bucks owner. They bought it for a half a billion or five hundred million. Now it's worth two billion. They got money coming out of their ears. It, or the Pettits. I know they they're kind of uh, gone now. Your pet, your Pettits but, are gone. Uh, well, I, 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 it's always, well, thanks for look. Here, here's the bottom line. If if there is some philanthropist out there that's sitting on thirty or forty or fifty million dollars that that wants to make that investment, I'm, I'm all open to it. But, but the, here, here's the reality, that there's all sorts of needs that are out there 
um, in, in this community. And you, you have to make tough decisions. And I, I hate it whenever I talk about this topic. I, I mean, people think you hate the domes. No, I, it, look, I, I just haven't been there in, in ages. Most people haven't been there in ages. And you have to prioritize stuff. And like I said earlier, if we, if we were rolling in dough, if we had you know, millions and millions of dollars sitting around and you're trying to say, okay, well, this is important for the culture of, of the community and it's an important cultural treasure and we need to figure out a way to save it. We had all this money. Oh, okay, that's fine. But you, you do, you've got the museum that's raising money. Now, if there's a way that they can figure out how to, again, find some, go into some public-private partnership and get private individuals who are willing to come up and put together millions and millions of dollars, I, I'm, I'm open to that. But I haven't seen that coming through over the last several years. And if the question is, gee, we want to keep this because we've always kept it, so let's divert money from other things. Let's take it away from the zoo. Let's take it away from the park system. Let's take it away from this or that or other to, to try to fund the domes. I'm saying I just don't think that's an active and good use of priorities. All right, WTMJ Breaking News time, 1.30 p.m. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, here he is, Mike Spaulding. And I'm Jeff Wagner. Coming up next, there are good ideas, Mike Spaulding. There are bad ideas. There are stunningly bad ideas. And then there is this idea. I will explain and we will discuss. Tell you what, Tommy, let's let's do our giveaway right now. People have been waiting with bated breath for that. It is Wisconsin. It is December. Christmas is fast approaching a week from Sunday. And that's why I'm here with the Wagner Holiday Shopping List. This week, we are giving away, we've been doing this all week, gift certificates from our friends at the Wisconsin Bed and Breakfast Association. I've got one more gift certificate to give away. And matter of fact, you know, you've heard the spots for like White Lace Inn. They have been a sponsor, seasonal sponsor on this program for at least, I think, the last 20 years or so. And I very much appreciate them. Bed and Breakfasts in Wisconsin. If you haven't tried this, it is a great, in my opinion, alternative to hotels. It's just, it's a wonderful sort of experience. And to help encourage you to do that, I have a gift certificate to the Wisconsin Bed and Breakfast Association to give away. Let's give it to caller number nine. Caller number nine at 855-616-1620 wins our final gift certificate for the week um, to the Wisconsin Bed and Breakfast Association, our sponsor this week on the Jeff Wagner Holiday Shopping List. And even, like, take it from me, even if you did not win one of our gift certificates over the course of this week, you really should, next time you're traveling in Wisconsin, you, you should really explore the idea of bed and breakfast because it's it's a really fun, interesting alternative to staying in hotels. And I'm not not anti-hotel or motel, but you would be surprised at the number of different bed and breakfast um, places that they have across the state. They all have different kind of amenities, and the Wisconsin Bed and Breakfast Association can help you find the, the right place for where you're going and where you're staying. It's a very cool opportunity, and I very much Again, appreciate them being part of the program. So we'll, we'll find our, our winner in just a minute. I, I want to, um, I, I said in the lead up to this that there are, there are good ideas, there are bad ideas, there are really bad ideas, and then there is this idea. And it's one of these ideas that I, I almost, I, I admit, when I first saw this story, Yesterday, 
I thought it's a joke. It, it can't really have happened. And, and yet, yet it did. Okay, Donald Trump, it, let, let's, let's face it, it has been a really, really bad year for, for Donald Trump. There, there's just no question about it. And in, in the month and a half since he announced that he was running for president again, it, it's been a really, really bad period of time. The announcement kind of went over like a lead balloon. And since then, you've had a whole lot of things happen. His, his company gets criminally convicted in New York. He um, is the subject of all sorts of ongoing federal and state investigations, whether they're going to lead to an indictment or not or criminal charges. I, I don't know. But you, you never you never want to see your name in the newspaper or hear it on the radio or see it on television under the headline of being investigated by grand juries. That's just never something good that you want to have happen. You know, he does the rollout. Donors are bailing on him right and left. His kids say that they don't want to be part of any new run. There's all sorts of new polls out, matter of fact, two this week that show in a head-to-head matchup for the Republican nomination with Ron DeSantis, Trump is, is losing by 15 or 20 points. The, the, the magic has kind of disappeared. And whatever magic he captured in 2016, I think, is long gone. And you have a lot of people who might have been, they might not have been never Trumpers, but they've become never again Trumpers, as more and more people recognize that, look, whatever Donald Trump's future is, it's not going to be as the leader of the Republican Party if the Republican Party wants to stay viable. That's just flat out not going to happen. We do have our winner for our gift certificate, and so... um Got jam phone lines on this, but we've, we've got our winner. We've given that away. And again, appreciation to the Wisconsin Bed and Breakfast Association. So it's, it's been a stunningly bad period of time for Donald Trump. All right. So a couple days ago, he comes out with this announcement. He says he's going to have a, fe- a special announcement. All right. People are wondering, OK, what 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 is this special announcement going to be? Is it going to be that he's not going to run for president? What what exactly is going to happen? All right, so the special announcement is that he is going to sell NFTs. NFTs are non-fungible tokens, bits of digital art created to be unique. All right, so, I mean, this, you know, this is this idea, and it's kind of, to me it's kind of like cryptocurrency, and it kind of indicates that a, a fool and his money is, is quickly parted. But so Donald Trump rolls out, the, the special NFTs, and I'm I'm looking, I, I'm looking at the website that that touts these and these different pieces of digital art, which sell for ninety nine dollars a piece. So let, let's round it up. It's a hundred dollars. They're like they're limited edition digital trading cards, ninety nine dollars a piece. For the first time ever, collect your own rare digital collectible trading card by President Trump. These are just like baseball cards, but you collect them digitally on your computer or your phone. All you need is an email address and a credit card to start collecting. One, which would be $99. Ten, which would be $990. And by the way, as I've said frequently, Robin Williams also said that co- always said that cocaine was God's way of telling you have too damn much money. Okay, spending... $100 on a Trump NFT, spending $1,000, 
spending $10,000 on a Trump NFT, that really is God's way of telling you you have too much money. And so the, these $99 each, and I'm, I'm looking at, at several of them, they are individual pictures of, well, Donald Trump dressed as, as Superman. Donald Trump, I don't know, dressed in, well, he's standing, one looking at one in front of American flag with the Statue of Liberty in the background with his, his thumbs up. They go on and they go on and they go on. And this is the idea that here you can you can sell here buy these and it says I'm looking at this that when you can purchase your Trump cards and then what you could do is you could uh, again sign up for the, these contests where maybe you could get a Zoom call with Donald Trump etc. Each Donald Trump digital trading card has a unique pre-assigned rarity. Some will be one of ones, the only one in the world, while others will be limited to two, five, seven, or ten copies. No Donald Trump digital trading card will have more than 20 copies in existence. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. What in the world is going on? What in the world is going on? And who in their right mind, number one, if they're running for president, who in their right mind would think that this is a good thing to try to, I don't know, convince people that maybe you should be reelected president? Number two, who would spend money on this? 855-616-1620. And yes, one of our texters points out that according to the website, they're sold out. Yeah, I, I know that's what the website says. I, I don't know if they're really sold out or they've just kind of pulled them off the market. Even Steve Bannon says, this of all places, Steve Bannon says, I'm done with these stunts. All right, hardly presidential. Does it demonstrate that once and for all, Donald Trump really is nothing but a grifter who's willing to try to do anything he possibly can to cash in on his name? And I guess I'm not necessarily surprised with that. I'm just maybe surprised that he's willing to do it this cheaply. I mean, it's one thing to sell yourself. It's another thing to sell yourself for $99 a piece. 855-616-1620. We discuss. The world has gone crazy. Okay, so yesterday, Trump rolls out big special announcement. It's Donald Trump trading cards, but, but they're, they're, they're not even physical trading cards. They're like these, these NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And so you get a computer-generated picture of Donald Trump in a Superman suit or Donald Trump. I'm, I'm looking at some of these. It's shaking my head. But, but here, here's the, the other thing about this. Now, I'm looking at the, the thing. Former U.S. President Donald Trump's NFT digital trading card collection sold out early Friday. Uh, according to data from OpenSea, at the time of this writings, the collection is now um, it's now worth about 1.8 million. They say these cards that sold for 99 dollars now you can sell them for 230 dollars. Some selling for much higher rates. So they they say that the, these things sold out. There was a limited edition, proving to me that P.T. Barnum was exactly correct. There is a sucker born every minute. But beyond that. Who does, Donald Trump does this, who does this if you want to be considered to be a serious sort of politician? If you serious, I mean, so I think that's really the question here. First of all, has he completely and totally gone over the off, off the rails? And secondly, I mean, is this just another one of these sort of shameless efforts to try to make a little bit of money? And if you're going to be a whore, $99 a piece, how much money could this possibly have generated to embarrass yourself by, here, I'm going to send a, a trading card of myself dressed in a Superman suit? 
the world, and then, then there's people that are buying this. My advice would be, if you're one of those people that bought this for 99 bucks and you can sell it today for $230, my advice would be sell it, do not look back, because, yes, maybe it'll go up a little bit higher, but at some point in time, this this is going to crater. You just know that it's going to crater. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Bob in Waukesha. Bob, you're, Bob, you're on WTMJ. I lost Bob. Oh, okay. 855-616-1620. Jeff, play the promo video. Laser beam shoot out of his eyes. Must be a scheme to help pay his legal expenses. Yeah, it's the Superman costume that he's in. There's like laser beams. They're exactly right. Coming out of his eye. Jeff, they look like they were photoshopped by a fifth grader. Jeff, grifters got a grift. That's the only reason he wants to stay relevant, so he can continue to grift. He has no desire to actually be president. Well, and I know some of you disagree with me on this, but um, but I, I continue to believe that by the time the primaries roll around in early 2024, he's not going to be a candidate, whether it's, whether it's legal problems or whether it's a lack of ability to raise money or his ability to raise the polls and see he's become just sort of an, an aftermath, all those different types of things. I, I just don't believe he's going to be there. But this... I mean, seriously, who would ever consider voting for president for a guy who's putting out his own trading cards with him dressed as Superman? Jeff, not trying to be snarky, but I'm truly wondering at what point do Trump voters start to feel embarrassed by their support? He did some things as president that his supporters loved, but I believe there are hundreds of other Republicans who would have done the same thing without the embarrassment and shame of Donald Trump. Well, you know, at this point in time... Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case. Jeff, this is apps about as valuable as Packer stock, which, of course, it's your way of supporting the community. Jeff, I thought this was a joke at first. I had to check the calendar to see that it was April 1st. He truly has jumped the shark. Well, I think there's an element of that. Jeff, I think Donald Trump has officially lost his mind. Jeff, I knew it would happen at some point, and it just proves that Trump officially has gone off the deep end. See, I'm... I think back to all the different former presidents. Okay, let and th- I'm thinking back to former presidents in my lifetime. Let's uh, Ronald Reagan. All right, Ronald Reagan retires. Can you imagine somebody going to Ronald Reagan and saying, "Mr. President, um, who's been retired for two years? Here's the deal: we want to come out with Ronald Reagan trading cards. You know, and we're and, and we're going to dress you up in a cowboy outfit, and we're going to dress you up as super. Can you imagine Ronald Reagan's reaction to that? Can you imagine? either President Bush's reaction to that. Can you imagine Barack Obama's reaction to that? Bill Clinton? Well, Bill Clinton might have thought, well, maybe that might be a good idea, but but Hillary would have reined him in. So that that just wasn't going to... But who who in the world, you know, after being the leader of the free world, would just whore themselves out in that particular fashion? Let's talk to Jim in Cedarburg. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey Jeff, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, you want to you want to you want to buy one of these trading cards for ninety nine bucks or two hundred and thirty uh, bucks no, or whatever? I, yeah. I, no, I'd rather open up my baseball cards with the uh, bubble gum and yeah. see who I get for next year's rookie of the year. I think it'd be by Brett. Anyway, I just thought it was funny, Jeff. You know that you mentioned uh, the PT Barnum right um, analogy there too, because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but even before Trump, way before he became president. There was that series that was out by, I believe it was the History Channel, of the men who made America. Right. And the one episode that Donald Trump is in 
is the episode with P.T. Barnum huh. where he takes the elephant across the bridge, you know, to show that the bridge was safe for people to travel across uh, the Mississippi River to get to St. Louis. So yeah. just kind of funny. I mean, uh, yeah, always I... been a sharp, you know, that's the same one with like uh, uh, showing how they, you know, the medicine men went around the country scamming people. And that's what his whole career has been about. I, I just, no, I mean, right. Thing, I guess I just see, here's, here's the deal. Um, these, okay, here's the Wall Street Journal. Trump's NFT digital trading cards bring in millions of dollars. And I'm just, I, I, let's let, let that one linger out in the air for a minute. Trump's NFT digital trading cards bring in millions of dollars and GOP ridicule. Money from the former president's latest business venture will benefit him and his partners, but not his 2024 campaign. I mean, at some point in time, I guess the, the question, and they say that this sale generated $4 million. Okay, um, I, first of all, it's, again, who, who would spend ninety nine dollars for for one of these things, or, or maybe more? But but secondly, just I mean, have you ha- do you have absolutely no self respect at all? I mean, that's the question, um, Jeff. People have to seriously ask themselves: Is this the best choice for president? Hopefully, they think not. Jeff, I wouldn't waste a dime on these NFTs. I'm saving my money for a Hunter Biden picture. Well, there you go on that, Jeff. Best quote I've read, and this is from a, from a QAnon guy. I can't believe I went to jail for this guy. Um, yes, I think that there is an element to that. Jeff, if he really wanted to make money, he would do it as a supervillain. See, that? I think more people would buy those. Well, right, that would, op- that would open up an entirely different market. You're exactly right. If you went into a situation where, here, I, I'm going to... I'm going to be Magneto, the villain of the X-Men, or I'm, I'm going to pick I'm Dr. Doom, and I'm going to put myself in a Dr. Doom suit. Right, those those maybe people would buy. Back with more in just a minute. Jeff, he could be the Joker from Batman. Well, that, that would be one that I think people might buy. Just think about the things that Donald Trump has done since he announced that he wants to run for president again. You, you've had the, the disastrous rollout. You've had the poll numbers that have plummeted. You've had yet another one of his hand-picked candidates, Herschel Walker, goes down to defeat in in Georgia because Herschel Walker was probably the one Republican in Georgia who couldn't have won that election, but because he sucked up to Donald Trump, Donald Trump endorsed him. You have the, again, your company is found criminally liable. You're the subject of all sorts of investigations. You decide it's a good idea to invite a white supremacist and an anti-Semite to to dinner at at Mar-a-Lago because they they said nice things about you. And then somebody thinks it's a good idea to roll out for $100 a piece your picture on NFT trading cards dressed up in all sorts of various outfits. (sighs) Okay, you want to talk about a lack of discipline? This would be the classic example of that. All right, when we come back in the 2 o'clock hour, we've got Pop Culture Corner coming up and... A conversation about, well, you know, Jerry Seinfeld does this thing about comedians in cars. I've got a topic about dogs in malls. Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the WTMJ Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So, Mike Spaulding. Yes, sir. I have been wrestling with the idea of 
what to get you and some other people around here for Christmas. And I, I mean, I appreciate your contribution to the program. And we had a very, very successful year. And and I mean, I, I'm the front guy for that. But a lot of the, you know, you, you've been a contributor to that as well as a number of other people. And I've been just kind of racking my brain as to what you get. You do you cash or is that kind of tacky? Do you go get a good bottle of bourbon or a six pack of beer or something? You know, or, you know how how is that? But but I, I've now come up with the perfect idea. Are you going to tell us, or is it going to be a surprise? No, no, no. I'm going to tell you. All right. What, what do you think? One of these Trump NFTs. You know, <laughs> ninety nine bucks. You know, and it's not even a trading card. It is a digital representation of, of Donald Trump dressed as Superman. Well, there's a number of there's Donald Trump dressed as a cowboy. Donald Trump dressed with sunglasses in front of something that says Trump World, but 99 bucks. Well, some are more than 99 bucks. I, how, how about that? You know, if you were to get that as a gift. Oh, there better be bourbon attached to it. Something, cold beers or something along those lines. Yeah, that's, can, can you, these things sold out. They, they say, and of course, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but they say he sold $4 million worth of these things in one day. And they, I, I, and, and now, they're on the secondary market. Now, these weren't marketed as, as securities because you have to do all sorts of things. And they say these are just collectibles, um, but obviously people are buying them to hope to resell mm-hmm. them. So they say that if you bought it for $99, you could find some fool to spend $230 on it today. Really? Well, you know what? Given all the Bitcoin stuff and the, the cryptocurrency we've talked about over the past four or five months, I'm not surprised whatsoever. I can't say I'm surprised. I, I just – but can you, can you no. imagine getting a gift? What did you, what did you get? Well, it's, and it's not even – it's not even like a comic book or a physical baseball card. It's a digital rendering on the computer. It's a non-fungible token. Yeah, it, at least if it's a physical card or a comic book, there's some tangible thing you can have. No, if it's I'm like, hey, Merry Christmas, Jeff. By the way, open your phone and check your email. <laughs> that is what I don't want to hear on Christmas. <laughs> okay, so all right, the, the, the cash would be acceptable. You know, bourbon would be acceptable. Beer would be acceptable. All the the above, Donald yeah. Trump NFT. No, okay, no, all right. You. All right, try to cross that off. We'll we'll see how other. I, I just I just I actually dear friends of mine, Alan and Patty. They they are they they spend the winter in Arizona, and so they're they're driving to Arizona. She just texted me, Patty, and said, I, we're, "We've been listening to you on on the uh, on on the app, and I can't I can't believe that Donald Trump would do something like that." And I'm like, "Of course, Patty. I mean, it, you 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 can never be surprised. I mean, the best indicator of this is Steve Bannon. You know, who was Steve Bannon, who is crazy." Just flat out crazy. Steve Bannon says this is nuts. And that's, I mean, I mean, that's when you've got Steve Bannon telling you that it's nuts, it's kind of like having Madonna lecture you on morals. It's just like what the world has gone completely and totally crazy. Um, somebody says, who is to say Trump didn't buy all those cards up to drive up the price? I, uh, nothing, you put nothing behind me other than who would spend this money? And, and you do say a fool and the money are soon parted. And, and look, I, I'm fully expecting to get this text about somebody saying, well, I, I bought this. And, you're, Jeff, you're just a fool because don't you realize I bought this for $99 and this is going to be worth $1,000 pretty soon. And I'm going to be the one that's laughing. And that those are the same people that invested money in cryptocurrency or whatever and just lost every dime they have when this FTX thing, this this exchange went belly up. I'm If, if you want to spend your money that way, that's fine. But as I just said in the last hour, I just sent out a tweet with a link to this story. Um, again, Robin Williams also always said that cocaine was God's way of telling you that you had too much money. Buying a Trump, an NFT of Trump dressed up as Superman, that's kind of in the same category. Let us switch gears. There are two types of people in the world, and I, I fully 
acknowledge this. There are pet people and there are people who just don't understand other people's fascination with pets. Now, if you are a regular listener of this program, you know I am a pet person. Um, one of my very best friends in the world is my seven-year-old dog, Sasha, who I've had since she was, oh, just a couple weeks old. And and, and this is one of the – it's sort of funny because Sasha Sasha really – Sasha loves my wife, Fran, but Sasha really loves me. I'm, I'm her dog. They're just – I mean, Sasha waits for me to come home, and it's and and it's great. Other than the fact that every once in a while she wakes up at three thirty in the morning and has to go out, but that doesn't happen all the time. But in general, I mean, she follows me around. She she's my pal, and we just I, I just I adore this dog, and the dog adores me. And I, I look forward to going home at night, not only to see my wife. That's always great. But I also, I mean, Sasha's, Sasha's never hacked off at me. Sasha's just always happy that I'm there. Sasha doesn't have a list of honeydew things to do. Sasha is just thrilled that I am there. And I, I enjoy it. When we, when we go on short vacations, we, we don't take her with us. We, we have a, a friend of our sister, Pat, who up in West Bend, who takes care of her. And Sasha likes to stay there. But Sasha's always glad when we come back. When we go for longer periods of time, you know, we, we take her with us. Now, I don't, as a general rule, take her out and about to things like shopping centers and stuff. But when we're – one thing I do notice is that when we're, for example, in Florida, you go to a lot of places in Florida. Now, a lot of the shopping malls are like outdoors. They don't have the traditional shopping malls and stuff. But you would be amazed at how many people are walking around with their dogs. I mean, that's just that, – that is the thing. People have dogs. And people bring their dogs, and they've got them on leashes and stuff, but they're in the stores. Um, the dogs will, if you're sitting outside at, at a cafe or a restaurant, the, the, the dog will be there. I mean, and it's just, and, and I'm sure for some people that, that's off-putting. For me, it's like, oh, what a cute dog, and it makes me miss Sasha if, if she's not there with us. Now, I'm bringing up this story because there is a front-page story in the Wall Street Journal today. Malls welcomed dogs. The results have been rough, R-U-F-F. Retail centers adopt pet-friendly paw policies. Ha, 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 how cute that is. All right, so here's the deal. It's talking about, like, um, see, malls right now are desperate to revive foot traffic after years of losing customers to e-commerce, right? So malls are trying to do everything they can to create things that are going to attract people to the malls. And this this story is about one of these large mall operators across the, the country, um, Pacific Retail Capital Partners, 22 malls in 12 states. They already have six pet-friendly centers and plan for a seventh next year. And what they're talking about is these malls are welcoming to pets. They actually create, like, rest areas in the malls where you've got like plastic grass and stuff. So if your pet needs to do its business, you can take them in there. But they think by making these malls pet friendly and encouraging people to bring their dogs to the malls, it's going to have a positive impact on, on mall traffic. And I guess they, they think that for every customer that might be turned off by the fact that, hey, I'm going to go there and there's going to be you know, somebody walking their dog that there's going to be more people, maybe two customers, who are going to say, hey, you know, this is, I'm, I'm inclined to go to Mayfair Shopping Center because it's pet friendly and I can bring my dog along with me. Now, I think a lot of the places where you're seeing this are kind of like warmer climates where people are out and about more with dogs, but, but not 
exclusively. For example, I'm looking at a mall in Norwich, Connecticut that's done this. I'm looking at another mall in uh, Troy, Michigan that's done this. And they're making this conscious effort to make these things pet-friendly. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. All right. As, and, and by the way, if you want to look at some of the businesses that are really booming right now, it's, it's services, it's businesses that provide services for pets, whether it's grooming services or whether it's pet supply stores or whatever. This, this is a big area. This is one area of retail. This is one area of business that's really kind of going through the roof, especially after the pandemic where more and more people went out and they adopted pets and things like that. All right, would you be less likely to go to a shopping center, a mall, that had a pet-friendly policy where you know you're going to be walking through the mall and there's going to be people there with their dogs. Now, they have rules. The dogs are supposed to be on leashes and things like that, and you know people are supposed to you know, not have the dogs going to the bathroom and things like that, but sometimes they're dogs. You know, The dog's got to go. The dog's going to lift its leg and go, and there's only so much you can do about that. But apparently the mall owners figure that whatever inconvenience this is going to be caused is going to be outweighed by the number of people who would be inclined or more likely to go because it's pet friendly. How do you feel about that? And I will tell you, you know, like I say, you go to a lot of places in Florida and, and almost, I don't want to say almost all, but many, many, many are pet friendly, including the restaurants where you'll see, you know, people eating and you'll see the dogs at, on, on the, on the ground, you know, next, next to the folks sitting there. 855-616-1620. We, we haven't taken Sasha to a restaurant in Florida yet, but I admit I've been kind of thinking about it. All right. Would this be a turnoff for you? We discuss in a moment. Actually, this is Jeff Wagner, 855-616-1620. Don't have to wait at all. Jeff, just today, my daughter and I saw a couple walking in Mayfair Mall with a large dog that was not a service animal. Jeff, this isn't a turnoff at all. Pets bring joy and happiness. I would love this. Now, See, here's the problem. I mean, you have to you have to be able to control your pets. I mean, and that's it. I mean, nobody wants to go to a place. You don't want to go into a restaurant, for example, an outdoor cafe or whatever, and sit down and have some dog that's going to be barking and barking and barking and barking and barking. I mean, that's that's going to interfere with the other customer experience. And the problem is, if you if you're pet friendly, how do you go in and say, okay, well, we're pet friendly here, but you, you gotta you gotta rein in your dog. That that's that's one of the issues that that happens. And you hope you you know depend on people uh, again using some judgment. Jeff, that would be one mall I will not be shopping at. You know, there are plenty of people who are allergic to dogs and cats. Jeff, I wouldn't go to one of these malls. I think they're making a big mistake. I particularly don't like eating establishments that allow um, dogs. Jeff, does pet-friendly malls, does that mean all kind of uh, pets? And then people are saying, could you have snakes, pets, you know, uh, Komodo dragons? And and at least this is just dogs. And if that means they're discriminating against other forms of animals, so be it. Jeff, I'm not really in favor favor of it. My wife has allergies to dogs and all animals and her allergies trigger into asthma attacks. You get to take your dog to the restaurant. I get to take my dog to the emergency room. Well, that's not exactly true, and that's the balancing that people make. You know, if you know the place allows pets and you're allergic, you're not going to be going to that restaurant. So the restaurant owner is making the balancing act that by being pet-friendly, I'm going to bring more people in to dine than I'm going to turn off by people who have Again, this this case, it's the allergy, because then you're not going to go there. Or people who just, 
don't don't like to be around dogs for whatever reason. Okay, 855-616-1620. Let's start with William in East Troy. William, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Love to hear you talk about uh, pets. My dog is about, uh, eh, she's about 20 pounds, Karen Terrier, and she's my co-pilot. We go with her everywhere. Uh, Lowe's and and uh, Home Depot are pet friendly, and uh, she just loves going in there. Put her in the basket, and everybody pets her, and okay. good good uh, good companion. Okay, so have you ever had any places give you static when you're you're, you're taking your your dog around? Uh, the only one was uh, there was a hotel in uh, Miami Beach, and okay. they wanted an extra four hundred dollars for. <laughs> Uh, an extra hundred and fifty dollars for a stay at night, and I said I'd sleep in a car before I see you that. <laughs> Thanks for calling. You know, it is interesting. I was um, last year when we went to Florida. We we drove down. This year we're going to fly. We we drove down and we took Sasha with us. And uh, it was it was interesting. I'm amazed that there, a lot of hotels nowadays are 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 pet friendly, and they advertise that because they know more and more people are are traveling with their dogs. And I think in I think in both cases, I think the hotels had a minor surcharge for having a dog, and, and in both cases, they ended up waiving it. Um, but, uh, but, but hotels—that's a business decision they're making because they, they realize, especially if they're along interstates or things like that, that, that people are traveling with their pets. And if you're going to say no pets, well, that—that's effectively you're, you're foreclosing a certain segment of of the business, and they don't want to do it. Let's talk to Larry in West Bend. Larry, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, I am one of those allergy persons, right? and uh, I have uh, done some research on this. They say 15 to 20 percent of the population is allergic to pets. So one of those pet-friendly hotels, I can't stay there. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if a person sleeping on the, do- the bed the night before was a German shepherd, yeah. and I try to sleep in that bed, I-, I am that guy that ends up at the emergency room trying to deal with an asthma attack. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I find it real interesting that, you know, you can have people with peanut allergies say, oh, you can't have peanuts in a classroom or this or that. But, you know, we can have pets, you know, in more and more places, which makes it that much more challenging for the, the people like me that do have those allergies. Yeah, but of course, that, I mean, that's a business decision the hotel is making because the place knows that if, if you're traveling, for example, and you, you see that it's pets friendly, you're just you're just not going to be there. So they're going to they're, they're guaranteed to lose your business. A- absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and thanks, I mean, that's and thanks for see that. And that that's the that, that's the balancing. I mean, I guess my my position is, and I come at this from the perspective of of a pet owner. My my perspective on all this is, I, I mean, I think. I think you have to do that balancing act and figure this out. I, I think it's probably a net positive as more and more people have, have, for example, as more and more people have pets. Like I say, when I'm on the road and I've got my dog with me, I, I'm not staying at a place that doesn't allow me to bring the dog in. That's just the reality. But I appreciate there's people like our last caller who say, okay, well, we're, we're not going down this route. So it's the balancing. I, I do think this is kind of going to be the wave of the future. And it is interesting to me that you see more and more malls who are desperate to try to get shoppers back into them. More and more of these malls are going with these pet-friendly policies. It's just, it's the way of the world. And I do appreciate for people who don't like dogs or are allergic to dogs, it, it makes a little bit of a challenge. But I, I think 
the, the businesses are starting to see where the money is, and, and that's where they're going. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. So, so Mike Spaulding, we were talking about like dogs and malls and stuff. My my late wife, I, I she just she was a very very successful attorney and stuff, and and she she liked to shop and buy stuff. And I almost never I never said anything, with the exception of one time, right after we got Sasha, um, who and she's like a six and a half pound pony. She was real tiny back when we first got her. I, I come home and Sue had bought for like a couple hundred dollars. She'd bought a doggy stroller. I mean, one of those things that you, you know, you, you put the dog in and take it for walks. I'm like, okay, first of all, the dog's going to be embarrassed. Why, why? You know, I mean, the, the dog is going to, the reason you take dogs oh, sure. out for a walk is to get them exercise and to give them an opportunity to relieve themselves and things like that. Why are we going to push the dog around in a, in a stroller? And I was just, it was, I, and that, that damn thing sat in the, the corner. We used it one time and never used it again. And then I think took it up to ultimately gave it away to like the Humane Society or something. But it's like it was a doggy stroller. I said, the dog's going to be embarrassed being in a doggy stroller. Other dogs will make fun of her if she's in a doggy stroller, for goodness sake. So, Got to stretch uh, her legs, you know? Well, that, well that's, you're, you're, taking, that your, energy, you're yeah. taking your dog for a walk. That's the purpose behind that. Um, in any event, no doggy stroller. I'm going to take her on a plane for the first time uh, coming up in early January. Is she small enough to where she gets to be with you? Six and a half pounds. Okay, yeah. Nice. yeah. So she'll she'll fit in the she'll fit in like the little carrying case, and she goes under the seat. Okay. Um, nice. And I've got I've got like a like a doggy tranquilizer for her and a real tranquilizer for me. So we'll see how the we'll, we'll, we'll see how that that whole thing goes. All right. WTMJ breaking news time. Two thirty one p.m. from the WTMJ breaking news center. Here he is, Mike Spald. I'm Jeff Wagner. It's that time of the week. The last pop culture corner of 2022 is right around the corner. We are at that point in the week. It's pop culture corner time brought to you by our friends at Palermo's Pizza. Palermo's delicious frozen pizzas made right here in Wisconsin for over 55 years. Palermo's is Wisconsin's hometown pizza, and they are the sponsor for pop culture corner. If you're new to the program, we have new listeners all the time. This is the time of the week that we, we put aside the heavy lifting. We stop talking about politics. We stop talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. We stop talking about crime in the city of Milwaukee. And, and we have a little bit of fun to go into the good weekend. And this is actually, at least the way it's scheduled now, this is my, my last Friday of, of the year. Not going anywhere, just taking some time off over the holidays. And um, so this will be the last pop culture corner of the year. As part of our sponsorship with Palermo's Pizza, I have a Palermo's Pizza prize package to give away. And Tommy is producing the show today in his discretion. And we just do this with one of the callers. It's completely his discretion. I have nothing to do with this, so you can't yell at me. Um, one, one of the callers, one of you will win our Palermo's Pizza prize package, which is a coupon good for two free Palermo's pizzas. I had one of their um, deep dish frozen pizzas the other day. It was really great. And it's a Palermo's pizza, pizza cutter. It's really a cool pizza cutter. I wish I've been trying to figure out how I can get one myself, but so far nobody's been responsive to that. And there's some other stuff as well. So that's one caller completely in the discretion of my producer, Tommy. All right, so what are we going to talk about today? There was an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Star-studded new Christmas movies still can't beat the classics. And it's talking about how, like, every year you get you get Christmas m- movies that are released. You know, Hallmark comes out with a ton of them, um, including some, you know, big stars. Netflix comes out with some. With some. 
There's the um, there's the new Christmas story, the sequel that, that's out that's, I think, streaming on HBO. I want to watch that this weekend. But one of the things that, that this study does is they say it doesn't matter, you know, how many of these new movies come out. What they find is that people love the classics, Home Alone, Elf, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, the, these, the, the classics, it doesn't matter, you know, what what movie you're bringing out nowadays, it just, it, it doesn't break through. And people, if it's like, oh, gee, there's this new movie out and it stars, you know, whoever it stars, you know, maybe we'd like to, to watch it. Um, Lindsay Lohan has a new movie out, Falling for Christmas. It doesn't matter. What they find is that, you know, it's the, it's the standards. It's the traditional one. They're the ones that end up attracting people. And it doesn't matter how many times you've seen them, they love them, which led me to Pop Culture Corner today. And I don't want to restrict this to holiday movies, but I I understand exactly what they're talking about because there are certain movies that I never, ever get tired of. And and I can can watch them 50 times. I can watch them 200 times. It doesn't matter. If I'm channel surfing and I see this movie is on, I will put it on. And my lovely and charming wife, Fran, will walk in and say, how many times have you seen – oh, you've got Goodfellas on again – how many times have you seen Goodfellas? And I will look at her and say, sweetheart, I, I probably lost count at, at, at 90. Animal House. Okay, I can, do all the li- the, I can do all the lines from Animal House. I've seen it so many times. I, and I just it's not that I don't like new movies. It's just that I never get tired of watching a movie. So that's what we're going to do for Pop Culture Corner today. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the WTMJ talk and text line. The one movie... That And it can be a holiday movie, but it doesn't have to be. The one movie that you never get tired of watching, that you will watch over and over again as if it was the first time. 855-616-1620. Let me take a break. Give Tommy a chance to line up the calls. Back with your calls and texts in just a moment. Welcome back. 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ Talk and text line. Okay, let's see. Um, uh, we've got a number of texts here while we're lining up the calls. Jeff, The Muppets Christmas Carol. I, I never get tired of watching that. Jeff, it's politically incorrect, but to me it's blazing saddles. Uh, Mel Brooks picks on everyone, especially equally in that movie. A number of people are saying that the movie that they never get tired of watching is, um, is The Blues Brothers. An absolutely great sound uh, track. Jeff, for me, I love Groundhog Day. Um, Jeff, it's not a holiday movie, but for me, it's The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Um, huh, okay. Um, Jeff, for me, it's the movie Taxi Driver. The intensity of the acting in the movie is outstanding. I would watch it every day if my therapist hadn't advised me not to. Another one person, one of our texters says, it's the Blues Brothers. My wife thinks I'm an idiot, but something about the characters, the music, and the storyline just gets me every time I watch it. Why? Well, I, I, I understand that there's a, um, oh, what's the movie? Oh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, which is a really, really bad movie. I mean, I'll be the first to confess that it is, it's, it's, it's a bad movie. It's with Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson, but there's something about it that just in a very, very weird sort of way kind of attracts me. 855-616-1620. The Shawshank Redemption. A lot of people are like that. Jeff, for me, it's, um, True Grit with John Wayne, Glenn Campbell, and Kim Darby. I think it's the greatest American movie ever made. Jeff, I love Forrest Gump. It has everything in it. History, comedy, tragedy, action. Huh. Going South with Jack Nicholson and, and Marlon Brando. That's a, 
That's kind of an interesting one. Jeff, for me, it's Bad Santa. That's with Billy Bob Thornton. A bit dark, but a heartwarming story. It's interesting that you would think that that's that's it. Okay, 855-616-1620. All right, let's start with, um, okay, Karen. Karen, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. My my movie that I just, uh, much to my husband's (laughs) whatever, um, is The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler and uh, um, uh, Drew Barrymore. Okay. Okay. Tell me why. What is it about that that appeals to you so much? There's, there's, I mean, there's just something fun and cute about it. Adam Sandler's not playing kind of like the dorky dork that he plays in some of his other movies. Um, I like the secondary cast of characters in it. Um, and much as I mean, much as Animal House is the same way, I know almost every line of the right, movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is, it's one of those kind of things that you walk in and your your, your, your significant other just kind of looks at you and says, are, are you watching this again? Isn't there something else up on? And I, I get it, but you, you either get it or, or you don't. Um, Karen, thanks so much for the call. And my producer, Tommy, says you are the winner of our Palermo's Pizza Prize Package. So thanks for participating yeah, yes, this I week. Am. Okay, good. Enjoy the pizzas. No, They're you. great. Uh, thanks a lot. 855-616-1620. And of course, Pop Culture Corner presented by our friends at Palermo's Pizza. 855-616-1620. We're moving through calls a little bit slower today because we've got a little bit of a problem with getting them up on the screen, a technological problem that we will certainly work through. Jeff, for me, it's Rudy. Well, Rudy, that that's... That's, you know, I think one of the things that makes people, one of the things that makes people um, watch movies over and over again is, of course, that if if they're feel-good sort of things. Now, again, like one of our texters said they like Taxi Driver. Well, Taxi Driver is many things. It's it's not a feel-good type of of movie, but it's really, it's a well-done movie. The Godfather, I think, would be one that would lump it in. One of our texters says Dirty Harry. I I love Dirty Harry, and... um, especially the, the first movie, the sequels kind of I'd sort of lost interest in. But Dirty Harry would be one that I never get tired of, of watching. But I think a lot of the feel-good movies, the movies like Rudy and things like that, that would be um, – those, those you can really see how people like to watch them over and over again. If we're talking about holiday movies, uh, the, the Sound of Music, and I know that's not necessarily just a, a Christmas movie per se, but I think that's one of the movies that people just never get tired of. Jeff, for me, it's White Christmas. Yeah, I – I love White Christmas. Um, I just, I, I love it. It's, look, it's a silly, stupid story. There's, there's no question about it. But, you know, Rosemary Clooney and Bing Crosby and Danny Kay, you just, you can't go wrong with that. Jeff, it's an awful movie, but I love to watch Christine over and over again. Jeff, the movie for me is it happened on Fifth Avenue hmm, and also The Big Chill. Yeah, The Big Chill would be one of those movies as well. I was just thinking, I mean, Will, William Hurt, who, of course, played one of the main characters in The Big Chill, he passed away this year. That's, uh, uh, the, whether it's the soundtrack, if you are of a certain age, The Big Chill is one of those that you just relate to a, a lot. Let's talk to, um, let's see, uh, Jeff, for me, it's Christmas Vacation. I never get tired of watching that. Or it would be The Big Lebowski. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Jeff, for me, it's The Bishop's Wife. Yeah, the, the original one with Cary Grant. Um, the, the new one, not so much. Uh, here's one after my own heart. Somebody texted and says, Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, that's um, the, the original black and white Miracle on 34th Street. This is one that the other night I was, um, I, it was, it was on one of the cable channels, and it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and it came on, and I knew I shouldn't do this, 
but I started watching the thing, and next thing I know, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm still watching. And I know how the movie, I know how the movie turns out, but it doesn't matter. It's just you know absolutely outstanding. Um, let's see, Jeff. For me, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um, also, George C. Scott in A Christmas Carol. No question, that's pretty good. Let's talk to. Um, let's see, Tombstone. Uh, love the Doc Holiday character. Yeah, I think that was Val Kilmer. I think he played that. Jeff, for me, I never get tired of watching Patton. I can relate to that because I, I love, I think, I'm trying to think, I, I hate, hate to say what I think the best war movie would be. Patton would definitely be right up there with Saving Private Ryan and um, with the, the Vietnam movie, uh, We Were Soldiers Once, which I think is absolutely great. Jeff, it would have been, for me, Pulp Fiction or almost anything by Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah, I, I like the Tarantino stuff. Um, I, I think Reservoir Dogs was my favorite. But took, it took me a couple times to watch Pulp Fiction before I got it, but I think it's pretty darn good. Jeff, for me, it's Point Break, the original version of that. Jeff, the two movies I watch every time of year are My Cousin Vinny and Crimson Tide. Um, my wife says I've seen both of them a million times. Well, there, there's no question about that that's uh jeff for me the mirror the movie i watch all the time miracle on 34th street i cannot get enough of it um jeff i know the words and the storyline by heart shooter with mark Wahlberg. action 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 oh, here's a classic jeff for me the movie i never get tired of is the wizard of oz yeah all right there you've got that jeff i like watching one flew over the cuckoo's nest Huh. That's, of course, Louise Fletcher, who played Nurse Ratchet in that movie. She passed away this year. The Back to the Future series. Yeah, I, the, the first one, um, the first one I, I love. The, the seek, the second one I thought of Back to the Future was kind of dark. And the third one I thought was just absolutely outstanding. Jeff, for me, the movie I never get tired of watching is The Poseidon Adventure with Gene Hackman. Much better acting than Titanic. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Titanic. I might have been the only one that didn't like that. Let's talk to uh, Gene in Milwaukee. Gene, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am well, thank you. Merry Christmas. The movie you never get tired of watching. It'd be uh, Grumpy Old Men <laughs> and Labyrinth. <laughs> Grumpy Old Men with, uh, that was Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon, right? Yeah, I've been to Wabash. I've been to Wabash, so uh-huh. Got a yeah. feeling for that one. I no, th- thanks for well. I, of course, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both the late Walter Matthau and the late Jack Lemon and yeah, Grumpy Old Man. And, and what was it there? The uh, who was it? Was Anne Margaret? I think. I think she was in there as well. Haven't seen that for a while, but that's always funny. Je- Jeff, for me, it's Breaking Away, the bicycle movie. That's great. Jeff, for me, it's The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is one of those movies that you either get it or you don't. And I, I think. I think it's incredibly funny. I enjoy it. But but people, I mean, it, it's a true cult movie. There's no question about it. Jeff, for me, there's only one answer. It's it's a wonderful life. Hmm. Jeff, for me, it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, the first movie by Cameron Crowe, who went on to make Breaking Away. I, um, I, I, I like Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well. And that's another one where I can do most of the lines. Boy, I wish I could keep up. We're getting all these texts. The Hunt for Red October. Jeff, for me, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, it is a cult classic. Yeah, I mean, the late, great John Candy and Steve Martin. And how about those bears? I love, 
Love that movie. To me, Jeff, it's Roman Holiday, Gregory Peck, Audrey Hepburn. Jeff, The Longest Day and The Right Stuff. I love the movie The Right Stuff, by the way. And also, I just got finished reading, rereading the, the book, the Thomas Wolfe book about it. It's just, it's just absolutely great. To me, Jeff, it's Stripes. Lighten up, Francis. One of the great lines there. Jeff, mine is a pocket full of miracles. No question about that. Um, that is outstanding. Dry, Die Hard. And yes, I think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Um, hmm. Jeff, I can't not watch Dirty Dancing if it pops up on television. Christmas Story. It's a Wonderful Life. Tommy Boy. The list goes on and on. Okay, here's the bottom line. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, I, I know you're probably going to have a little bit of downtime. You're going to see that one movie that you absolutely love. It's going to come up on TV at some point in time, or you're going to be checking out your streaming services. You're going to see it. Here's my message. Don't feel guilty. Just go ahead. Just go ahead and watch it because, you know, and if anybody gives you any static, just say, well, that guy on the radio, Wagner, he might be rewatching Goodfellas for the hundredth time. When we come back, let's find out what John McCure has on his mind for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. 257, so glad to have you with us. John McCure, Sandy Max, I've been racking my brain with what to get you both for Christmas. Well, I've got the idea. It's coming oh, out. Got? Oh, yeah? Uh, right, one of those Donald Trump NFTs. 99 bucks, <laughs> Donald Trump. It's not even a trading card. 99 bucks. And you don't even know which one you're getting. Is that how it works, too? Yeah. yeah. Well, they were he's very excited. He, well, he, teased, he told the world yesterday, I have a big announcement to make. And it was like, is it going to name well, a VP? Is it, and it was about this tr- NFT. And apparently it's all sold out. Yeah. That, that's what no. it, it, it is. It is sold how can out. It sell out. They're virtual. They're it, digital. It, it, well, but they've they've got a limited number. So it is sold out. And they're now Darn saying. It, then we're not going to get one from you. They are now you. saying that people who paid $99 for them, if you want oh. to sell them on the secondary market, you can get 230 bucks, which okay. proves, as I said before, Robin Williams always said that cocaine was God's way of telling you you have too much money. Nah. This, the this, Trump this, NFT, this is it. Yeah, that's this, the way you can tell? Exactly. Uh, what do you got coming up on hey, the big Jeff, show? a couple of things. We're going to dive, in, dive into a couple of things that are important to Wisconsinites, but I don't quite understand. One of them is the cannibal sandwich, eating raw meat with onions on rye. I'm hard out on that, but a lot of people are really into that. Hard pass with me, too. Me, too. Yeah. Done. No. Uh, ugh. So we're going to open up the phone lines on that. Wait until you hear how much meat is sold for these sandwiches at one very popular local meat market. So we'll dive into that this afternoon. <laughs> also, Miss America. Is Miss America still relevant? You can't even watch Miss America on TV anymore. Most people didn't even know it was happening yesterday. So we will talk about Miss America, who, of course, is Miss Wisconsin this year. That part's really exciting. So we dive into that and a whole lot more. The news is up next on WTMJ.